Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anesthesia Quality Institute's podcast, Making the Most of Selecting Quality Measures. In this podcast, AQI welcomes Tony Kay, Senior Quality Program Manager at the American Society of Anesthesiology. She will discuss what you need to know when selecting measures for quality reporting. Hi, Tony. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk about quality measures and reporting, so I'm looking forward to this. We are now in year three of the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, which is part of the larger quality payment program. And within MIPS, CMS gives tremendous flexibility to providers in choosing measures to report on for each of the four MIPS performance categories. Now that might sound easy on the surface, but Tony, how can clinicians be strategic when selecting their measures? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that the flexibility that CMS gives is a bit of a double-edged sword because it also really introduces a lot of complexity into the program that makes it more difficult for providers to understand how to be successful. This is particularly true for the MIPS quality component, which is why I would like to focus on how to think strategically about selecting quality measures to report. So that will be sort of, I think, a good focus for today's podcast. I often get questions from members asking me which quality measures should they report to MIPS, and I think they're understandably frustrated when my response is, it depends. But it is true, the decision of which quality measures to report to be most successful in MIPS really depends a lot on factors related to the provider, the characteristics of the practice, and the patient population that they serve. So can you walk us through your thought process if you were a practice administrator responsible for selecting quality measures for your practice? Sure. So the first question I generally ask when someone, when helping someone select quality measures is whether the provider is reporting individually or as part of a group for MIPS. This is relevant because providers who report individually need to find six quality measures that apply to them specifically, while providers who report as a group only need to find six measures that apply across the group as a whole. So for example, if you're part of a multi-specialty group who's reporting as a group, you may have a cardiac provider who reports a few cardiac measures, maybe a pediatric specialist who reports a few pediatric measures, and you yourself may wind up only needing to report one or two measures, or maybe none at all if there are enough specialties within your group. So when considering individual versus group reporting, it's important to think about how the data collection burden is distributed, as well as where your group's performance strengths are. So when thinking about being strategic. Then, once you've established whether you're looking for measures as an individual or across a group, you want to ask, which measures apply to me? And what I mean by apply to me is a few things. One, do you perform or bill the CPT codes included in the denominator? That's the first place you look. Um, And if you do, do you bill enough of them to actually count in the measure? So would you wind up with at least 20 cases in the measures denominator over the course of a year? And that 20 case minimum is really just to make sure that your performance is statistically stable. You need a good sample size there. Um, And then you also want to consider, do you or can you perform the action or outcome required in the numerator? So if it's something like frailty screening, where a lot of the ability to do that depends on a preoperative clinic, you want to consider whether that's within the possibility for your practice. And then, of course, there's the very important and I think often overlooked question of, can I capture and report? all of the required measure data elements. This is so important to consider data collection burden when you're looking at measures, because some measures can be significantly more challenging to collect than others. They just require more data, or that data is trickier to get. It's important to consider things like the impact of data collection on your current workflow and the number of cases that you would need to report for a measure. 
So a high volume, if you have a lot of patients who would fall into the measure, that can be good because it really makes for more stable performance over time. You know, having one bad case really won't hurt your score as much. But that also means that you're on the hook to report data for a lot of patients. So thinking about those types of things and whether this was data that you already collect as part of your workflow or if you would have to go out of your way to track down this data. Um, so to really answer the main question of whether the measure applies to you, you need to carefully review the full measure specifications, really look at the details and consider if and how you, you would or could collect and report each data element. Just go line by line, that is so important. So what happens if you review the measures and you have more than six that could apply to you? Ah, so you might be thinking, how do I narrow these down? So my answer to that is if you are lucky enough to have more than six measures that apply to you that you could report, then I really recommend that you report as many of those measures as you feasibly can, as you know, within reason. It's, and the reason for that is when you report more than six measures, CMS automatically chooses the six measures that give you the highest score within MIPS. So reporting more measures, it just gives you a lot more options, a little breathing room in case something goes wrong with one of the measures. And additionally, there are opportunities for bonus points, for example, if you report additional outcome measures. Um, so as many options as you can give yourself by reporting as many measures as you feasibly can, I think that that really sets you up to have a lot more flexibility within MIPS. You've certainly given practices a lot to consider. Do you have any other suggestions for practices as they select measures? Sure. So apart from the more nuts and bolts things I talked about earlier related to data elements and reviewing the specifications, when a practice is sitting down to select their measures, I also think it's important to take a step back and think about what your goals are for MIPS participation. For some practices, your goal, you might really be looking to get the largest bonus payment possible. Maybe you've really invested a lot into your data collection systems and you want to get the bang for your buck. So for those practices, you might be more willing to invest a lot of time and effort into making sure you get the highest MIPS score possible. You really work to improve your score, get all the available bonus points. So that would be that would drive your strategy. For other practices, you may, and this is certainly reasonable, you may just have a goal of simply avoiding a penalty in MIPS. So for these practices, you would be looking to satisfy just the minimum requirement, you know, get just submit enough data to avoid the penalty, find the easiest measures to report. And so that they're just trying to do this with the least disruption possible in their clinical practice and their workflow. So regardless of your goals, I also encourage you to consider any current or past quality initiatives you've implemented in your practice and try to find measures that fit within those initiatives so that it feels a little more organic within your practice. That your efforts are all going in the same direction, if possible. So for example, if you have an infection reduction initiative, there are a lot of measures out there addressed at surgical site infections. So that way it can be a cohesive quality program. So if you can do that, that certainly helps, I think, get buy-in as well. And then finally, if there are measure areas where you've historically struggled, and this might seem counterintuitive, but it may be worth reporting those as well as CMS does offer a potential for bonus points for practices who demonstrate improvement on certain measures over time. The whole nature of this program is to improve quality, so don't let the fact that you've historically struggled in a certain area or on a certain measure preclude you from reporting because if you can show improvement over time, there is a chance for some bonus points there. So that's another consideration. 
As you've worked with practices over the past few years to help answer measure selection questions, are there any resources that you find particularly helpful for practices when making these decisions? Absolutely. So there are a few tools that I find myself referring to practices over and over again. Firstly, the CMS QPP website is actually pretty slickly designed and helpful. This, I know that other CMS websites are difficult and tricky, but this one I think is really intuitive and great. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, please, please visit qpp.cms.gov. And this is where you can find everything from whether you're eligible to participate in MIPS, to the list of available quality measures, to fact sheets on participating in alternative payment models. It's just a ton of information. And within that website, the first thing I would recommend that you do if you haven't already is visit the participation status tool, which is located front and center right on the main page with a big orange button that says check participation status. So with this tool, you enter your NPI, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about whether you and your group are eligible for MIPS, if it's alternative payment models, and if you meet certain low volume thresholds, or even if you have any special status within the program, such as non-patient facing or hospital based. So once you've looked up your participation, determined what your status is in the program, the next place I would direct you on the QPP website is the resource library which is located under the About tab. So this is an absolute wealth of information that includes fact sheets, QCDR measure specifications, frequently asked questions, and more. I use this part of the website more than any other, and it just has absolutely everything you need to know about the program. And then finally, of course, you can learn all about MIPS measures and improvement activities and just the basic information on the MIPS pathway under the MIPS tab. I think the headers there are pretty self-explanatory and you'll be able to find what you're looking for there. So in short, if you have any questions about the MIPS program itself at a high level, I really recommend checking out qpp.cms.gov and there's a good chance you'll be able to find what you're looking for. If, on the other hand, you're looking for information more specific to anesthesia and its role within MIPS or within the QPP, then I recommend that you visit the ASA's macro resource page, and that's at asahq.org backslash macro. So this is a site, we have a macro work group within the ASA, and we've compiled just a, a wealth of tools that are really most relevant to ASA members. And so things like which measures most apply, what considerations should ASA members think about, those types of things. And then finally, if you're a participant in the Anesthesia Quality Institute's NACOR registry, you can find all of the information you need to successfully participate in the registry at aqihq.org. And that's everything from data definitions to the QCDR measure specifications, anything unique to the registry, that's where you go. So again, to recap in short, there are three sites that I really um, find very helpful in addressing all of these MIPS questions. The first is the CMS QPP website, that's qpp.cms.gov. For ASA's resources related to MIPS and MACRA, you can visit asahq.org backslash MACRA, that's M-A-C-R-A. And for information related to the AQI and NACOR and the registries, you can visit aqihq.org. Thank you, Tony, for taking some time to discuss how to prioritize measures. As we have learned today, it is important to select these metrics that clinicians think will put them in the best possible light. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here, and I think that 
the main takeaway is that that's no easy task to figure all of this out. So I'm always happy to help folks navigate this quagmire of a system. And if our listeners have more questions related to MIPS, MACRA, or quality measures, please email ASA's Quality and Regulatory Affairs team at qra at asahq.org.